Good evening, Steeler fans, and welcome to another Wednesday night here on the Steel Curtain Network. If it's Wednesday night, you know it's time for the Curtain Call. Here with me, I'm, I'm Jeffrey Benedict. I always forget to introduce myself sometimes. I'm Jeffrey Benedict. With me, as always, Shannon White. Shannon, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. I I like your idea that we was talking about before we come on there about, you know, kind of doing a Wayne's World type, you know, show. <laughs> You know, you know, you know, and then I'll be Wayne and you'll be Garth and party on, you know, and all that. Party I like on, it. Man. I think it'll work. <laughs> yes, that's our show today. <laughs> and actually, today we are talking about free agency and we're going to go into names and we're going to be a little crazy today. We're, we're going to do we're normally we try to be, you know, kind of steady uh reasonable shows we try not to go too much into speculation and and crazy conspiracy theories or anything like that too far uh but today we're gonna go that way a little bit with our free agency thing we all know and and i i expect to get comments plenty of comments in the chat throughout this show as people come in later saying oh come on you know the steelers aren't going to sign any big name free agents but yeah okay we know that but today we're going to talk about free agents who are reasonable, but also we're going to talk about ones that the Steelers are never going to sign. And we're going to talk about what, what would happen if they did. Because frankly, we also do have a new GM. We have a new head of personnel you know, development. And even though we know Omar Khan isn't going to go out and sign Lamar Jackson, uh, we're, going to, we're going to talk about different players and different options. And uh, well, one of the things we want to talk about is what if the Steelers did go big, right? And we're going to go through each position. We're going to go, what if they went really big? What if they went, you know, a, a, a new starter or something like that? And what if they, like, some guys that could just fill in that are more reasonable? Uh, but, Shannon, I want to start by asking you, would you want the Steelers? If, if the Steelers made a big splash surprise free agent that you didn't expect, would you be excited or would you be worried or would you be mad? What, how would you react to that? Timing is everything. Now, there was a time uh, when they had Ben and the Killer Bees, and they were really right there on the cusp of being a Super Bowl contender. If they would have made a big signing or two and went for it, you know, kind of left their status quo and uh, Mm -hmm. normal modus operandi and really went for it, I would have been excited. But now where they're rebuilding and they're young and they're trying to to, you know, get back to being a contender, mm-hmm. I, I would I would not recommend it now. Uh, they have to be frugal. They have to be. They have to build the the foundations, and then they can you know maybe be a little more aggressive in the future. I agree with you. I think that's a I think that's a good center kind of building for the future right now. Uh, as a counterpoint, I will point out that T.J. Watt and Cameron Hayward aren't getting younger. And those mm-hmm. guys are not exactly replaceable. Mm-hmm. So that's all I'm gonna say. But we're gonna we're gonna jump right into it because I really want to get to my first my first free agent. <laughs> uh is it the quarterback? We're gonna go position, we're gonna start with offense, we'll do defense in the second half. Uh but I want to start with quarterback and Lamar Jackson. Shannon, Lamar Jackson, let's say it falls through with the Ravens and the Steelers sign Lamar Jackson. We all know it's not gonna happen. Uh, 
what, what, what would your reaction be as a Steeler fan signing Lamar Jackson? What would you what, like? How would you even handle that? Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, we kind of talked about some of the fun ones before we come on air. And I understand the rationale behind it, <laughs> but I don't want to see anybody $50 million on a rebuilding team because what you're going to end up with is the Cleveland Browns. You're going to have right. paying one guy 25% of your salary cap and you ain't going to win nothing for the next decade. So now I would, I would say, no, thank you. Uh, you know, thanks for playing, but have a good, you know, no, <laughs> I I'm with you, but, but, but for fun's sake, I want to make my argument here for Lamar Jackson. Listen to me, Steeler fans. I see you in the chat being like, no, but, but hear me out here. You have Matt Canada whose run game is good and they want quarterback mobility and add in that Matt Canada's passing game not so hot. What if you sign Lamar Jackson and you just don't throw the ball? You just, you just don't throw it. Deontay Johnson can't drop a pass. All right, that's all I got. That's all I got. Pat, Pat Fryermuth would love it because you know yeah. he would be Mark Andrews. Oh yeah, for, for you know the Steelers. So, but yeah. you know honestly. You know, the Derek Carr is now, you know, available. Mm-hmm. Anybody can sign him. And it's I see that one, Derek Carr. I see somebody's like, well, you know, the Steelers need to look, you know, he's the perfect fit for the Steelers. Last year, if the Steelers would have said they were considering trading for Derek Carr, I would have even thought about it. I would have thought that was reasonable. But now that they've got Kenny Pickett, um, I, I really want to see what Pickett can become because I think we know what Derek Carr is. Yep. Um, in, the, in the right situation, he might be more than that. I don't think Pittsburgh is that situation. I mean, he had, you know, Devontae Adams and, and Jacobs and, um, you know, all that talent in, in Oakland. And, you know, they still wasn't successful. And he still has those moments, you know, like a uh, Kirk Cousins moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't think you win a championship with him. Uh, yeah. So even though I, I think he, I like him, I think he's a good dude. Uh, I don't think he's, he has that leadership quality or that ability to take a team to the Super Bowl. So um, I'm, I'm happy with Kenny Pickett, but uh, I seen where somebody said on here, would this, would you trade Kenny Pickett for Justin Field straight up? Now that makes more sense to me than Lamar Jackson because Fields is also uber athletic, great runner. You know, looks like it'd be a great fit in the system. Um, you know, that would be something that that people could talk about. Whereas Lamar Jackson, you got the fifty million dollar price tag oh, yeah. in there. You know, that's just a no. We all know yeah. that's not yeah. going to happen. <laughs> I'd be like, you'd be cutting T.J. Watt, Cameron Hayward, and Minka Fitzpatrick to sign on <laughs> Lamar Jackson. Not going to happen. For a more reasonable approach, all right, let's say you can get one of these three quarterbacks. I'm going to give you three names uh, for cheaper than Mitch Trubisky's $8 million that you can save by cutting. Let's say you can get these guys for $6 million, And Mitch wants out, whatever. Let's let's say they get rid of Mitch Trubisky and you can get one of these guys for around $5, 6000000 million a year, all right? Which I know is probably not accurate. 
But here's your three guys. Teddy Bridgewater, Jacoby Brissett, Mason Rudolph. Who would you take? Uh, Gardner Miskew. Gardner Miskew. Gardner Miskew. <laughs> <laughs> no, no of, of those three guys that you mentioned, uh, I would take Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. I, I wanted him last season. You know that. Yeah. I, I was yeah. big on, like, I'm like, that's affordable. Yeah. That's a veteran. And that's a guy that when your your young quarterback replaces him, there's no drama there. Yep. Like, he knows why he's here. And his best season, the reason he ended up getting drafted was Matt Canada's offense. He worked really well mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. And we all saw him play with the Browns. I thought he was better than, uh, than their guy they traded for, Mr. Watson. Uh, I think he was much better. And he had a heck of a game season. against Pittsburgh. He did. Yeah. He did. I think he would have been a very good option for the Steelers mm-hmm. this past season. Uh, so I would definitely still go for him. Uh, I think I would go for him over Minshew. I know you love Gardner Minshew. Uh, Mishnu, oh, I can't say his name. But I, I, I like Jacoby Brissett. He's still my dream, like, backup quarterback for this team. Yeah, I like Brissett, too, yeah. But... <clears throat> and he runs for touchdowns. all right moving on to running back um is there i mean there's like saquon barkley uh there's kareem hunt these like josh jacobs is out there uh, available uh any of those guys do you think are would actually be an upgrade on Najee harris do you think there's any of those guys right now that you could say yeah bring them in i think they'd be an upgrade on Najee harris I, i wouldn't say an upgrade I mean, if you can find a quality backup, but the problem is you've got Warren. And I'm really excited to see what Warren could do. So at running back, I just, I don't see it just from a money standpoint for mm-hmm. uh, realistically, I don't see a need there. Um, you know, we've talked about Snell. If they could sign him uh, because what he offers special teams and short yardage specialists and, uh, I, I'm pretty happy with that running back room. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say, any any running back you bring in is honestly going to be for special teams. Yeah. Uh, that's well, the Harris is on focus. a rookie deal, so. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're not you're not, you're not not playing Harris or uh, Warren on special teams much. So a guy like a Benny Snell, uh, a fullback like Derek Watt, guys like that makes sense. I'm, I'm not going to pretend to know who the best special teams running backs are on other mm-hmm. teams. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, it's not something I follow, uh, but that's that's what you'd be looking at at running back, and I, I think I think we can agree there. That's not really a big big deal to upgrade. Tight end, Mike Des- Gesicki, uh Dalton Schultz, Evan Engram, Austin Hooper. A lot of your top guys are kind of the move tight ends, the guys who line up in the slot, who move around. Like a Pat Fryermuth, like that's mm-hmm. those are guys that take on the same role as uh Pat Fryermuth. You've got a couple guys. You've got like a Hayden Hurst, um, some old guys. I mean, Kyle Rudolph is old. You got some players like that. I, I don't see the Steelers adding a veteran to this tight end room, really. To be honest, do you have the list pulled up? I got, I got, I got one that's got all these names on it, and half of it, them does it have? Uh... There aren't very many good ones. Does it have Morneau from the Raiders? Yeah, Foster Moreau. Yeah. Um, w- one of our uh, community members, uh, Pitts Blitz, he has really been pounding the table for Morneau. 
And he and he when I wrote about you know signing uh, um, Mayer or one of the you know the top tight ends in the first second round, he was like a free agent guy. If they lose Gentry, a guy you might could get at a good deal was Morneau. I don't know if I'm saying that right or not. But uh, and then you know I started watching some clips of his, and it's like he's been underutilized in that Raiders offense. I mean he. Um, he moves well. He's a really good blocker, but he actually moves well, and he has really good hands. There's some catches he made on the sidelines, you know, to hands catch and two, get two feet in on the sidelines. Look like a wide receiver. So, I mean, he's played behind um, uh, Waller. Waller. So, yeah. I think that, you know, and he – even this year when Waller was out, he would have had a bigger role, and his numbers went up a little bit. But they was force feeding Adams the ball. Yeah, that was their offense. So in Canada's offense, he might be a really good fit as a tight end too. Yeah, I have I have a name looking out for, and this is one I this is a guy I wanted years ago, uh, and I think he fits what the Steelers are running. He uh, was hurt. He's rehabbing. Uh, he's not he's not super far into his rehab, so this might be the kind of player that shows up partway into the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what about a guy like a Drew Sample, who who would kind of fit this offense and is a heck of a blocker coming off of from coming in from Cincinnati? I think that would be an interesting one. But again, that's he's almost like a Connor Hayward. You know, you're almost he's almost like your your Connor Hayward type of player there. Well, you're not dreaming. I mean, you're looking at it from a realistic point of view. Yeah, that's you know, both of us, the guys we're pointing out are affordable guys who have a, a fit and would have a role. So, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't know if the, if we're, you know, we started out with Lamar Jackson and now we've went back to some realistic options. So, uh, you know, I like where we're heading here. Yeah. There's not, there's not really any yeah. huge tight ends. Like there's like the, I don't know that there's a lot of, there's a lot of good tight ends in the mm-hmm. NFL right now. There's not a lot of great ones. Uh, wide receiver. Any wide receivers you can even think of that you would want. I mean, there's a lot of older guys. Uh, there's your Marvin Jones, your Randall Cobbs, guys like that. Uh, Jacoby Myers is the big name. He's not going to be around. But uh, one rolling around Pittsburgh here for wide receiver is a return from Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, which I – I honestly can't see. I don't. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that one, but I, I, that's one I don't think can happen. No, I'm. I don't see it. Um, I, you know, we've talked a lot. You know, I'm. When we get on the defensive side, I'm. I'm sure I'm going to. You know, have a lot more because I really do think it needs to be a defensive focused off season. And the wide receiver, we've talked for a long time getting a guy who's a veteran who could be a influence in that young locker room. But I think that there's going, they're going to have guys, especially if let's say they bring back miles Boykin. Uh, I think they're going to go five deep and I would rather see him carry an extra tight end and an extra, uh, maybe an extra back and, and even an extra lineman because of that, the way they use utilize the wide receivers, you know, I mean, you want a, a three, if you go three deep quality, I'm not really too worried about your fourth and fifth guy. So I don't know. 
Uh, Anthony Miller is a veteran. If he could be healthy, you know, he could give them that, you know, work out of the slot and, and a reliable position guy. Uh, we don't know what Calvin Austin can be because we've not seen him at all. But uh, I think the draft would be where they would look to pick up a guy in a later round. But I, I'm not seeing a free agent wide receiver. I'm going to give you a couple names here. Uh, one is a guy I brought up last year when I've, I've been saying for several years here, I would like the Steelers to get a veteran wide receiver who's a leader in the room. Mm-hmm. And a guy I think would work on this team, uh, does well out of the slot. He's not as good as he used to be. Didn't put up big numbers, and I don't know how healthy he is. He, he was injured last season pretty hard. Uh, and that's Jarvis Landry. But the one thing you get with Jarvis Landry is someone who will work his tail off and will call out guys for not doing the same. And I could see that in this locker room working because he, I, I think it was on the Browns when he first went to the Browns, he, he was like, he was on hard knocks, like fighting people. Like, yeah. probably yeah. like, like you're not, you're not doing this. You're not going to slack off here. We're going to put in the work and we're going to do this right. And man, like, I, that's I want that in the Steelers wide receiver room. I want that guy. Uh, so for me, again, I'd love to see Jarvis Landry. Obviously, it was a Brown, so there's some stuff there. But I, I would love to have him in the room just pushing people, pushing Pickens, pushing Deontay Johnson to work. Another name I have to throw out, uh, from my alma mater, the only – football player ever drafted from the school I graduated from. And he was drafted after the school football program shut down. He was training for the combine when the school announced that they were shutting down their football program. And that is Ashton Doolin, uh, special teams ace, big time special teams ace. He, he, he's, he, he's Miles Boykin or better. And uh, I think he gives you a little bit more, on offense, he's fast as heck. Uh, great athlete. I, I would love. I would. I would be over the moon if the Steelers brought him in, just because he's from. <laughs> he's from the same school I'm from. Uh, only one. That's it. When he when he's done, when his career ends, uh, that's it. That's all. That's, that's, all, that's all she wrote. But uh, as long as he's here, I'll be rooting for the Steelers to somehow, someday, end up with Ashton Doolin on this roster. Uh, but that's. That's really a name. If, you, if you're looking for a special teams guy, uh, you don't get much better than him. And he's young. He's 20. I think he's going to be 26 next season. Uh, but I, I love it. I love that guy to death. But I would I would love to see. I mean, Jarvis Landry's my guy. If you're bringing in a veteran, uh, that's, that's my guy. Well, I had Jarvis Landry three years in a row on my fantasy team. And he was hurt every year. Yep. So I, I I will definitely stay away from Landry because I believe in him and I like, you know, his effort and his toughness when he can play and he's healthy, but he cannot stay healthy. So I would have to pass. Yeah. That's the right. reason though is his health. See I, see, I think that's why I, that's kind of the reason I think he'd be a good fit here in Pittsburgh is because you don't really need him on the field. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> like, if he's there, awesome. If he's not, like, you're not really missing. You're not like, oh, man, he was a key part of our offense. Mm-hmm. You know, we're an offense that runs through the slot receiver, and he was going to be a big part. No, you're not You're not in that kind of situation. So, for me, he works, but 
Uh, again, yeah, the, we don't know his health situation, and he's he's getting older. He is not an impact player at all. Uh, but I I just any literally anyone willing to fight people, right? Uh, we might get talk Steve Smith out of retirement, right? I take yeah. him. I bring back Heinz Ward. Like I, I would, I wouldn't even care. Although Steve Smith, that Steve is permanent. Smith will fight anybody. You could, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You bring. <laughs> I, he is also one of my favorite receivers. I love, I love wide receivers that have fight in them. I don't care yeah. if they got. He has fight. I any. care if they fight. <laughs> right. That's what I want. Like yeah. Steve Smith can talk, and I'm like, okay, yeah, like <laughs> put him out in the field and beat him. That's like, let's go. Yeah. Uh, other other receivers talking. I'm like, man, keep your mouth shut. Like Juju, like keep your mouth shut, man. Steve Steve Smith though, that guy could talk all day for me. I love yeah. it. <laughs> all right, let's go to offensive line, where the biggest name in free agency uh, is gonna. I mean, just won a Super Bowl. He's gonna be priced out of anywhere out of the Steelers mm-hmm. Steelers range. But left tackle Orlando Brown. And it's the Steelers. If you're going to upgrade a spot, that's the spot to do it. And we saw San Francisco, we saw KC go out and make big moves to get big, big, like name, big guys out there playing left tackle. And it paid off for them. Steelers signing Orlando Brown, Shannon, what would that do for this offensive line? And as crazy as it would be to be able to, to like clear the money to pay him, would it be worth it? Well, he would bring an attitude. If you watched the uh, Chiefs at all, the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. if you'd have told me going into that game that, that the Chiefs would have had, I mean, the Eagles would have had no sacks, I would have said you're crazy. Yep. But they just shut him out. I mean, mm-hmm. they dominated in the trenches. I wrote the article uh, about saying how Jason Kelsey, who's going to retire probably, has a little iron mic in him. And I said that he's the king of the center position currently, but the Creed Humphrey is the young prince. And Creed Humphrey played his rear end off. I mean, people was like, oh, he's not that spectacular. You've seen the emotions on the sidelines. He dominated. He had Davis going up against him, Cox. Anybody on the inside, Hargrave, they just shut him down. And once you shut that pass rush down, and how disruptive the Eagles line was, it exposed the interior the middle linebackers was a weakness for the Eagles, but you didn't see it all year because nope. nobody could get to the second level. Well, the Chiefs did. And so Brown would have bring an attitude that the, the Steelers do not have an intimidator on that line. Nope. They don't have a, a just a physical brute. I thought Dodson was going to be, but Dodson has so much trouble keeping up with his assignments um, that I really, I don't think he plays freely and as aggressively as he would like to because he's overthinking. Yep. But the, the problem is with Brown is he can still get beat outside because he, does, he doesn't have great lateral movement. He's so huge that if he makes first contact, you're not beating him. Yep. But if they guy can get the edge on him, he, he isn't fast enough to recover. Uh, so, therefore, I don't – I think he's going to get paid way more than what yeah. I would pay him personally. Yeah. He but I, I would like to have somebody with that attitude and that mentality on that offensive line. I like I like uh, Sherry Richards right here. Sign Brown and trade for Trent Williams. Why not? After all, this is not a realistic scenario this week. <laughs> hey, it isn't. It really isn't. Uh, I would love that offensive line, by the way. Oh, give me Williams any day. 
any day. day. <laughs> any day. And at this point, let's just walk down to Kansas City, grab Creed Humphreys, and be like, we're undoing it. We're taking you with the draft anyways. And you don't got to talk me into nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do it. No, let's the way – the it. way I, I know I have a theory that the uh, the the grass surface hurt the lines a lot, and you kind of saw a lot of stalemates uh, instead of clear wins on both offense and defense with the offensive lines. I think that grass was a little slick, and it was hard oh, for definitely. them to get power. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know I what think that, that was? Kinda... That was uh, a watered down infield. Yeah. I mean that. I mean you teams do that. They they run water down the uh, base pass. Because, you know, they played the Cardinals back in the 80s, you know, with all mm-hmm. that speed, and they slowed them down. Yep. You know, or or they're hitting that ball on the ground and, you know, running. They would water that infield down, and you don't get a bounce, and it don't get through the infield. Um, that that field, I mean, I know it – did it give anybody an advantage? Because everybody was slipping. Everybody. But it destroyed the Eagles' pass rush. It did. I mean, you could tell. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, yeah cause I that that's how I'm going. Is like, I think there were a lot more – just flat stalemates on the line. Yeah, there was less yeah. like clear run wins and stuff. And I think how it like, it's like a muddy field mm-hmm. takes away your quickness. Yep. Right. And if your team is, is a quick team, you're going to have a rough day yeah. in a muddy yeah. field. If you're a, if you're a, if you're Jerome Bettis and Alan Fanica, you're loving it. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely loving that muddy field. If the fast guys and quick guys, Billy Parker wasn't loving it, you know, uh, Say with snow, that field was kind of making people pay for being powerful. Like I can't even imagine what TJ Watt would have done on that field. Like like last year on a field like that, and his uh, two years ago in his uh, in his defensive player of the year season, mm-hmm. that kind of field, the way he cuts, how low he gets, those those guys were just boom, their feet's coming out from under him. They can't get enough mm-hmm. grip. So I think that plays into it. But also, man, when you look at the way that interior line just just disappeared for the Eagles. Yeah. You got to give a lot of credit to the Kansas City players too, because uh, they were they they also didn't have the power, but they were they were making it. They were they were still winning. Uh, looking beyond Orlando Brown, um, and assuming Jason the Steelers aren't talking Jason Kelsey out of uh, retirement, there, <laughs> there's not a lot of left tackle kind of players out there. Like really, I don't. Mm-hmm. Look at do it. I'm like, none of these guys are guys. I'm sitting here saying, you know what? I'd, I'd pay them what they're going to get. Cause the problem is any kind of offensive tackle in this offseason is going to get a bunch of money because there's not mm-hmm. many and offensive tackle is a big story this past season. So they're going to get paid a little. And then Orlando Brown's going to reset the market pretty big. No, oh, so yeah. you're going to, he's going to drive up all the prices. I Steelers to me, are getting a left tackle this season at free agency. What do you think, Shannon? Yeah, I, I think that's why everybody's talking about the draft. You know, those top three guys in, in this draft class are even more valuable than the normal because there isn't much to choose from. And what is going to be out there, as you said, is going to be crazy expensive. So I think a lot of teams, that's why if one of the top three guys falls to the Steelers, at 17, you know, they're going to have to consider it. Um, the, you have um, uh, Taylor Luan, Louis, how do you say his last name, from the Titans. I know he had uh, an altercation or something 
where he spit on TJ Watt and all that. Uh, I don't know how TJ would feel about that. They would have to discuss that with him. But um, again, he's going to be, he's going to demand way more money than I think they're going to want to pay. So any, they might can pick up a guard. Um, but I think if, if it's a tackle, uh, outside of moving a core four back to the left and letting him compete with more and filling with a right tackle, I think it's going to be a draft pick. If you're looking for a right tackle, one guy that really does fit what the Steelers do, coming from San Francisco, Mike McGlinchey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He he is a wide zone kind of outside to offensive tackle guy, mm-hmm. uh, phenomenal there. If you wanted to try and see that one, that's one. But that I think he's going to cost a lot. He is. Like I think you're mm-hmm. gonna he he'd be the highest paid offensive lineman on the Steelers, and easily, easily. Like, yeah, yeah. I just I just don't think any of it's. I don't think any of those guys are are, are realistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about guards. I don't know how much money you throwing at a guard to upgrade Kevin Dotson, right? Like how much? Yeah. How much? I mean, how much of your free salary cap are you spending? You don't have a lot of cap money. How much are you spending? And how much of an upgrade are they actually going to be on Kevin Dotson? Like, well, if we talk the way we're talking, and they just draft somebody, whether it be a, a tackle or a guard, yeah, they're pretty much what we're saying is they're going to run it again next year. Without yep. really having a major upgrade. Yep. And I don't think it's crazy. That's why I keep saying I think it needs to be a defensive-focused draft. Now, I do want to see them add talent, you know, that they, you know, develop on that line, and it needs to be an earlier selection if something falls. But don't reach. Yeah. They, they can't afford to reach to try to get a tackle or a guard this year. I absolutely agree. All right. That's the offense. We covered all the positions on the offense here. And Shannon, I want to I want to end up with this of any big free agent signing. What position on offense would you most expect it to be? I mean, obviously, I don't think either of us are expecting one at all. Mm-hmm. I, like most Steeler seasons. Uh, but if there was a, a a starter, a guy brought in to start on offense, what position would you expect it to be? I really can't. I can't see it happening on the offense. Yeah, uh, you know, like I, I said about Morneau and, and, and tight end too. If if Gentry left, that's the closest I can think of, honestly, because yeah. I really do think that unless somebody falls to them uh, in the draft, I think they're going to run that offensive line back. Yeah, I agree. I I would probably go wide receiver simply because your third, your number three wide receiver is kind of a starter. Mm, you know, there, so it. that's like, yeah. like that's the big one, and I, I don't even really see who's going to be brought into that of any kind of caliber, any big contract. So, to me, no, yeah. <laughs> just to know <laughs> what position the Steelers most likely to invest money in on offense and free agency. The answer here is no. Yeah, yeah, they're just not. This is not going to happen. <laughs> All right, that's going to be the first half of our show. We're going to take a short break here. When we come back. We're going to look at the defense and see if the defense, because the defense has a lot more free agents and a lot more openings. Mm -hmm. So we're going to check that as soon as we get back from this break. So we'll see you 
in a minute. Welcome back, Steeler fans. I'm Jeffrey Benedict here with Shannon White, as always. Uh, we talked some crazy scenarios on offense, but decided <laughs> that the Steelers aren't going in any of those directions. But much more open, the Steelers' defense. There's a lot of free agents to sign, and we're going to start with a big one, defensive line. Shannon, Steelers are losing Larry Ogunjobi, uh, Chris Wormley, Tyson, most likely Tyson Alualu. Like, there's a lot of names coming off that roster. Do you see the Steelers potentially putting a decent chunk of money into the defensive line position? I think they'll have to. Um, you know, we've talked about our top priority free agents. And you're looking at Ogunjobi, you're looking at Cam Sutton, and you're looking at Edmonds. Terrell Edmonds. Um, so those are guys I think that they will want to focus on. Now, you, I think you think Okajobi is the most important. And, He's the one I want the most. And I'm, I'm, You know me. I love defensive line. That's oh, like I do the too. only position I, I really I just, love. I just know that Edmonds and Fitzpatrick form such a strong connection oh, yeah. and safety. I don't want to weaken that uh, because – you know, they're going to have to, they're going to rely on them with, because the quarterback, there's going to be a little bit of shakeup one way or the other. Yeah. So, but defensive line, I, I've been really excited about that. I think you try to sign Okajobi, you really want him back. Then they need to to get a, some beef on the inside. Uh, Lulu's gone. Uh, Adams is a, is a, a backup role player. Can't count on Loudermilk because we don't know what he's going to be. And I think if he does, he's going to be more of a Cam Hayward type of defensive end. can slide in a little bit, but he's not a true meat eater on the inside. So I like Tomlinson as a free agent. I like Payne as a free agent. Uh, You know, he's going to be a little pricier than Tomlinson. There is some guys out there, though, that are really good at tying up blockers and and run stuffers and you can get them without breaking the bank. Now, if you go paint, you're going, you know, he's, he's the guy who has pro bowl potential. So, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to, you don't know what he's going to be because he's still pretty young. So you're going to be paying, but that's quite oh, yeah. an investment. But me personally, I would save the money for another position, which we've already kind of talked about a little bit. So I like a Tomlinson because I think he'd be more reasonable. And then I still think they need to draft. In the first four rounds, I want to see a young uh, space eater uh, in the draft. I mean, I know they're talking about that kid out of Baylor. I can't say his last name. Do you know how to say it? Yeah, I I, I cannot. I'll just butcher it really bad. So, but I mean, he's a kid from Baylor. That, we'll stick with that. Yeah, you could just put him in there uh, and not worry about him for five or six years. I mean, he's just going to do his job and he, he knows what his job is and he's more athletic and a little quicker than people realize. So there is some guys, uh, the one kid from uh, Wisconsin, I can't think of his name now. A draft pick. There's, there's a few guys breeze out of Clemson that, that could feel that. And you might get in this 
third or even fourth round. So, but yeah, they got to make a big investment in that defensive line this offseason. Okay, looking at big name free agents, you already brought up my dude, uh, Deron Payne. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, the way he plays defensive line, you you know it. Like if if, yeah. if someone just comes in there. I, I always love to describe it as a bull in a china. I want yeah. I want the guy who, when he's on the field, looks like the bull in the china shop, where he's just breaking everything. And that is Deron Payne. Uh, Steelers do not have a shot at him. He had 12 sacks last season. <laughs> he played every game. Mm. I mean, come on. That, that guy is going to be printing his own money this offseason. But that would be the dream. If, if you could just cancel the salary cap and give the Steelers $18 billion to spend, uh, Deron Payne would be one of my – priority signings uh because i love defensive line also looking over this i found it interesting Steelers aren't the only ones losing people holy crap the philadelphia eagles are losing like their entire defensive line they're yeah. like everyone's up everyone fletcher cox robert quinn brandon graham uh javon hargrave <sighs> at least we don't have to worry about that those guys are all going to get paid uh but my 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 few options here for for bigger names because obviously Deron Payne is my guy, but he's not going to happen. I am still kind of love the idea of, of someday bringing in Yannick Ngakwe. Uh, he was one of those Ravens that you just didn't like, man, you're like, oh, come on, man, guys, don't let that guy wreck mm. everything. I'd love to see him. I think with the development of DeMarvin Leal, Yannick is kind of that that end Tackle. I mean, he's a big dude, but he's kind of that end tackle tweener too. He's got the quickness uh, more than just the 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 stout going mm. on. I do like Tomlinson. A uh, couple of names though, uh, like a Sheldon Rankins. I yeah. think he might yeah. fall to being a little cheaper, and that's a guy you could get as kind of a, a beef kind of player. Uh, and Ashawn Robinson uh, mm-hmm. is another option, but right in the same price range. And the guy I would prefer over them is Larry Ogunjobi. Mm-hmm. Like I, I honestly think he's just a great fit as a, uh, as as a as a slightly lesser version of Stefan Tuit. He's not Stefan Tuit. Stefan Tuit was was a better version of Larry Ogunjobi, basically. Uh, so and and if you guys didn't catch it, I Dave Schofield and I came out with a vertex. It came out today. Mm-hmm. On Larry Ogunjobi, go watch that. His game is so similar to Stefan Tuitt's. Uh, he's just not quite the athlete Stefan Tuitt is was when he played. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that that's what I think. And then I think you're gonna find some depth guys. I mean, there's some names out there like Indomicon Sue is still hanging around trying to play football. Like, is that a guy you'd want to bring in? He, I doubt the Steelers would. That's not kind of their mo. Uh, no, I mean. I never really uh, liked his uh, persona, his attitude, the way he was this offseason. You know, he just set out to, you know, he got the offer he wanted out of the Eagles, and he's at that point because he won his Super Bowl with the Buccaneers. And so I don't think he's a good fit on the rebuilding Steelers at all. And I don't know if he brings the right temperament and the right team-first attitude you want to that locker room. Someone brought in a uh, former uh, behind the steel curtain heartthrob on defensive line, Andrew Billings. I remember the draft yeah. he came out. <laughs> People were losing their minds wanting the Steelers to draft Andrew Billings. He's out there. Uh, 
I don't know. Would you would you want Andrew Billings? I mean, the dude is hard to move, but he also hardly moves. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of us were, you know, excited about him and enamored with him. But as you say, once he got in the pros, he just doesn't make an impact. Yeah. I mean, he 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 he'll tie up a blocker or two, but he very seldom ever gets off the block to make a tackle or get it, you know, assist the on a tackle. So I, I just don't see where he's an upgrade over anything they got. One of my absolute favorite former Steelers. I loved him. He was a, a seventh round pick. One of my favorite seventh round picks. He's still hanging around. Nick Williams. Do you remember that guy? He is still hanging around the league. He's like 32 <laughs> years old now. I'd that's that's a guy I'd bring back anytime. That's just that's just sentimental though. That's not for any good reason, but that's a that's a depth guy I'd bring back. He he was he was fun to watch. He's just a young young guy just out there trying to work it as hard as he possibly could to wreck everything he possibly could. And yeah. I, I always loved that. I'd love to see him come back. But really, uh defensive line, you've got that kind of second tier guy, an Ogun Joby. Uh, that kind of range, and and mm-hmm. I really I really think the Steelers are going to try and bring him back, uh, and I I hope he I hope he does come back. But I actually I actually feel like we need to cover this because when we're speaking about the defensive line, the Steelers lost one of their most important people on the defensive line for the last thirty years. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Mitchell retiring. Uh, I mean. And you had to know he wasn't young anymore when he's played when he's been a coach for 30 years. Yeah. Uh, but at the same point, like I guess I'd never really considered the fact that he was actually gonna leave someday. Like <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he's yeah. just always been there. Yeah, he's always he's been there most of my life since I was like he's been on the Steelers coaching staff since I was 12 years old. Yeah. So like it's just crazy to think that he's gone. Uh the number of Steelers defensive linemen that have really been phenomenal uh, players, really just, you know, underrated, did everything right, just just were hard to deal with, that he had a hand in. And that's, that's a, it's an incredible legacy, and, and he's going to be missed. When I seen that he was retiring, I was shocked. You know, yeah. why I was shocked so much is because he's such a legend. All the, you know, Aaron Smith and Brett Kiesel and Casey Hampton and all the guys after the steel curtain, pretty much he influenced so many of them along that defensive line. He got so much. I mean, they got Dunbar now. I mean, how great is it to go from Mitchell and then you pretty much go to Dunbar? These are two excellent defensive line coaches. Yep. And I thought for sure that he would do – whether it was last year, maybe he, you know, this is kind of thing. He's like, I can't do it again. My health. I don't know why he's retiring, but you'd think he would want to say, this is going to be my last year. And then, you know, they could have kind of the farewell tour and, and he could, you know, be acknowledged by each team that they're playing and from the fans and have an on field, you know, ceremony at the end of the year, because, you know, he deserves that. Oh, he does. But so I was really shocked that he decided to retire at this point in the offseason. Yeah. It's it's possible he doesn't want anything to do with that either. 
like it, yeah, like, yeah, he, he might not like the spotlight. Yeah, yeah, like he could have announced his retirement like before the last home game, and they would have made a deal about it. It would have been on the field. Oh they yeah, done oh, yeah. stuff. Uh, I just hope it has nothing to do with his health and yeah. all that's fine. And he's just like, this is a good thing. It's what I want. And yeah. I'm going to go out on top and go out on you the know, God bless him. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever he does. Yeah. Best wishes to him. What a legend in, in college football, pro football, and especially for the Steelers and man, the, the cower and Tomlin years, he's been there. Oh, yeah. All of it yeah. through it all. What an incredible, what an incredible guy. Like what a what a mark he's made. I loved reading uh uh Dan Art Rooney's comments on yeah, him and Mike yeah. Tomlin. Uh, I expect to hear more. I expect you're gonna hear Bill Cower say stuff about him. Like you're gonna you're mm-hmm. gonna hear former players talk about him coming up in the in the in the coming weeks. Uh but what what a guy and I mean, I guess it's a good time for him to go because we have Dunbar. Dunbar's really established mm-hmm. himself well. And and so it's not like the Steelers are losing too much on the coaching side. But you have a person like that walk away from your organization. That's not something you can replace. No, no. He will right. be missed, definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, moving on, outside linebackers. Outside linebackers for the Steelers, that's a big – you're not going to start. You're not going to get a ton no. of minutes uh, unless, unless, oh, cross your fingers, knock on wood, one of them goes down. Uh, what, like, and if you also, if you look at the list of players, there's not a lot of big names out there. Uh, you're looking kind of the outside linebacker pool. Melvin Ingram's on that. <laughs> he's, he's up there. <laughs> I don't see him coming back. Nope. Uh, Malik Reed. Um, there's not there's not a lot of guys here that really stand out to me. Like, what like you you got anyone, Shannon, that you're looking at saying, you know what, that's a guy we could bring in? Honestly, I've been paying attention to the inside linebackers, and I really have not even looked at who the free agent list was. I looked at like the top five names, and I'm like, oh gosh, I'm not really interested in any of them. Yep. My main thing, focus this offseason, would be to try to uh, extend Alex Highsmith. I mean, yep. again, he has said that he loves playing in Pittsburgh. He loves playing for Mike Tomlin and the Roonies. He wants to be there. And I believe he's the type of guy that likes consistency. I mean, he, this is a guy who was a walk-on at a smaller school, not a Power 5 school, and he just worked his tail off to become – an NFL caliber prospect. Then he gets in the NFL and he, and he, you know, that first year, his rookie year, it's like, he's really not good at setting the edge. That's a, a serious weakness. And he doesn't seem quite explosive enough. He comes back his se- second year and he sets an incredible edge. He's beefed up probably 15 pounds of muscle and Dominant. he seems more explosive. Yep. Then this year he hits double digit sacks. He's way more explosive. He builds off that spin move, and he has counters off of that, which he's really good at. That's the kind of guy that I want to sign because I still think he has room for improvement. I mean, his body might have maxed out, but he is very powerful. He's got everything. Uh, He's a perfect stealer. He's got the right attitude, the right work work ethic, and I'd like to see him say, hey, we want to give you four years deal Fair market value, give you that security. 
So you know where you're going to be, and you're going to be playing on the other side from T.J. Watt. So that's what I've been focusing on, and I really haven't looked at the list very much. Yeah. No, I, I got to agree with you. And speaking of Alex Highsmith, if uh, if you haven't seen the Shannon and anyone listening to the show, if you haven't uh, watched it, go check out the football and podcast from Ben Roethlisberger. The most recent one is Alex started. Highsmith. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a phenomenal, yeah. a phenomenal interview. Uh, at one point, he starts doing he starts doing voices from movies and impressions and stuff, and they're like they're clearly trying to like move on, and he just keeps going. Like you can tell he's put a lot of work into it, and he's just going. And you're like, I love, I love yep. the stories. It, it's a great, it's a great interview. You get a good look at Alex Highsmith, and and he comes across as a bit of a nerd. Uh, like a little bit, a little bit quieter, a little bit, a little bit eccentric guy. Yeah. Uh, but fantastic interview, fantastic. And if you if you want to you want to really really like Alex Highsmith, go listen to that because you'll come away from that with a really good impression of him. It's, it's what a great guy. Um, I I really don't have much on the outside linebackers. I think the Steelers are going to have to to go with you know Jaron Jones. And uh, did I just say the wrong name? Jameer Jones. Guy? Our, what? Jameer Jones. Jameer Jones. That's mm-hmm. as soon as I said, it, I'm like, that's not right, Jeff. That's not the right name. And we got uh, Quincy Roche back. Like they're they're gonna have some guys like that. And Leal. Uh, and Demarvin Leal means you mm-hmm. when you go those four man sets, yep. you can you can throw mm-hmm. in Demarvin Leal. You don't have to put one of the other guys. Uh, Actually, one of one of my plays I was gonna put on, I of uh, in one of my film rooms I was doing, had Demarvin Leal on the on Alex Highsmith's right side, and Highsmith lined up on the left, and it was actually a pretty good rep. They did pretty good. I liked it. They they had to get creative with uh, T.J. Watt out, mm-hmm. uh, and I think it did them good. I hope they I hope they keep some of that. I hope they keep going with it. Moving from there, we get to inside linebackers. Wait, what do you want to do with these inside linebackers, Shannon? This this is where I want the money. Uh, if it's a if it's Pratt, if it's Long, I think Tremaine Edmonds will maybe people are going to look at his age, and you got to say he's still twenty four. He won't be twenty five for a little bit. He's got it all. And if he puts it together, we talked last week that 26 seems to be that median age where these guys enter their prime. He's not even there yet. So, but I think that Long or Pratt might be a little more realistic uh, price-wise because I want this to be maybe their big signing. Then in the draft, uh, there's a a couple of guys, which, you know, I'm going to go into it after the combine in part two of my rebuilding the inside linebacker position where I'll cover the prospects, but there's a, there's, this is a pretty good class of inside Mm -hmm. linebackers. So I think there's a few guys there that if you pick up a, a a long or a Pratt, one of them guys, I mean, even um, David, you know, I mean, you know, the problem is he's going to command a lot of money and I think he'll want to go to a serious contender. But yeah. imagine the experience that he would bring and the oh, value yeah. he would bring to a draft pick, to a Mark Robertson. 
I mean, you know, you're going to bring in a guy that that dude knows how to play modern NFL linebacker, inside yep. linebacker, you know. Um, but I, I, Pratt is a dream. I really like Pratt and I like Long. But uh, then pick up a, a young stud uh, in the draft in the first four rounds. And then we don't have to worry about inside linebacker for a while because it's been, since Shazir went down, it's been subpar. It does not meet the Steelers' standards that we all have come to know and love. And I'm really wanting them to focus on that because as great as the Eagles' defensive line was, as you said, the field conditions had a lot to do with it. Yeah, the Kansas City Chiefs' offensive line had a lot to do with it. Yep, but those inside linebackers were exposed. Oh, absolutely. And and I want to see the Steelers strengthen all three levels of that defense while they've got these young offense improving. And if these guys that we're talking about, you you know, you're keeping that age down. Yep. And so that's where I'm wanting to see the money spent. For me, I'm going to throw a couple names out here. I I want to. I think Tremaine Edmonds makes sense if you're going splash. He's young. He's He's got the athleticism. The Steelers covet at that position. And he stayed healthy, which is something his brother has also managed to do. Like, they haven't had these mm-hmm. injuries that take away their athleticism like we've seen with Devin Bush. We've yes. seen with a lot of inside linebackers who have that elite athleticism. They have a couple ankle injuries, something like that, knee injury, and it's just they're not quite as quick anymore. So to me, Tremaine Edmonds brings a lot of value there. He's not a a star. He's not a splash play guy. Any team that gets him and they're like, we need some sacks, some interceptions, some forced fumbles, that's not his game any more than it's Terrell Edmonds' games. He's going to rack up a lot of tackles. He's going to limit damage for you. He's going to get outside to plays. And I like that. The Steelers have playmakers with Alex Highsmith, Cameron Hayward, TJ Watt. They got Minka. You can you can live with guys who are just running around and making tackles. Get to the but ball and make the tackle. Not only do they make tackles, you know, like Pratt, he he hurts guys. He yeah. punishes he punishes the guys when he yeah. tackles them. But if you look at all the guys that we talked about, the top seven, uh, you know, I, those five of them I was really interested in, and inside yeah. linebacker, all of them had at least six pass deflections, and that's yeah. more than all the Steelers inside linebackers combined. So they each one of them has improved in that department too. So even though the interceptions weren't there and the sacks weren't there, uh, but you're seeing, like you said, the real physicality, the really strong tackling, and a lot better pass defense than what the Steelers currently have. I got I got someone to add to your list. I keep straight face. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but John Vostick's available. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still have, oh, I'm still having flashbacks. I'm sorry. Vince Williams and John Bostick on the field, and they're playing the yeah. Chargers. And it was like, okay, Vince, you cover Keenan Allen. Okay, that ain't working. All right, Bostick, you cover Keenan Allen. <laughs> and that didn't work. And they're like, nobody cover Keenan Allen. Yeah, just leave him open. <laughs> Darn it. None of you cover him. Oh my goodness! No, I, I, it always stands out to me how <laughs> when people talk about Devin Bush, this is this is this is my legacy for Devin Bush. Think of the way we thought of Vince Williams in 2018, and then what we thought of Vince Williams in 2019 and 2020. 
the difference we viewed Vince Williams when a Devin Bush came in and and took over the coverage and the running around and 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 running everywhere mm-hmm. job and let Vince Williams just do his thing. And Vince was such an impact player for those seasons. Uh, to me, I'd love, I'd love to get a guy like a Tremaine Edmonds because that's what he does. In the same way that Terrell Edmonds allows Minka Fitzpatrick to attack, the way he allowed Joe Hayden to be super aggressive, jumping underneath routes and collect all those interceptions his last three years in the league. Uh, that's what Tremaine Edmonds can do. And I think you could see a situation where you end up with Tremaine Edmonds and Mark Robinson. Like say you say you sign Edmonds to a four-year deal. Him and Mark Robinson, a couple like two years from now, 2024, that could be your starting linebacker group where Mark Robinson doesn't have to worry about doing all this stuff in coverage because you have a linebacker who does mm-hmm. that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that could really work. So that's that that's why I lean towards him. I, I don't think that's the most likely scenario. I think he's gonna get paid. Because people recognize how how elite how valuable elite athleticism is at that position, as much as his brother's elite athleticism is completely undervalued at strong safety, mm-hmm. uh, it's valued so much at inside linebacker. Twenty four years old, we, yeah. we still got to remember that great yep. experience, just like James Daniels last year, a core four. All these guys are. You know, they're really young to be five-year veterans. And, you know, that means that they are getting their second contract before they're going into their prime years. And and that's where he is. So, but another thing that I want to mention real quick, Nick Bolton played a beautiful Super Bowl. And I had an article, you know, discussed that today. Uh, Nick Bolton, second year, he's only 22 years old. Now he's a Super Bowl champion. Nick Bolton runs a, ran a 4-6 in the 4-6 range. He wasn't as fast as Devin Bush, but he processed so much faster, and he's so much more aggressive and a downhill attacking player uh, that he looks faster on the field. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's the thing that I want people to understand about Mark Robinson. If Mark Robinson mentally can ever, can ever grasp coverage, his responsibilities – you know, he has a feel for filling <laughs> lanes because he was a running back. But if you ever, through hard work and coaching, he is as fast as Nick Bolton. Yep. And you see what a guy can do who doesn't take a false step. Growing up, we always heard, you know, your Jack Lamberts and, and your Mike Singletary and all these guys, their feet were always moving and they never took a false step. They always got there where they were supposed to be yep. because they just could diagnose so quickly. That's what we you're seeing with a guy like Nick Bolton, who didn't blow anything off the charts at the combine, but he has the the total package. I think that we can see a similar uh, evolution, hopefully, uh, from a guy like Mark Robinson. So everybody can kind of keep that in mind, and we'll see what happens. But as you say, if you get a guy like Tremaine Edwards next to him, that would make that process much easier. Yeah, you're just like go get him. Like yeah. that—that's—that's that's just you know, like Tomlin says. He'd rather say whoa than sick him. You don't have yeah. to say whoa yeah. to him. You don't have yeah. to tell Mark Robinson to slow down. Just say go get him, buddy. Like <laughs> blitz, run blitz, pass rush, whatever. Just go get him. Just go hit the hit. Go hit somebody. Uh, all right. Let's move on from inside linebackers. Let's get to uh, cornerbacks. 
where some of the big names are Marcus Peters, James Bradbury, a lot of guys 29, 30 years old, Jonathan Jones. Uh, there's a lot of these names are not young. Patrick Peterson, Kyle Fuller's out there. Like, there's a lot of guys out there that are older, not a lot of younger options. In fact, if you look at some of the higher rated free agent cornerbacks, Cameron Sutton's the youngest. Mm-hmm. Now, I love Cameron Sutton, but you you know my opinion. He is not a number one corner. He's but, about as good as you're going to get at a number two, mm-hmm. as long as you keep him off of guys like Jamar Chase, like Stefan Diggs, like T. Higgins. Like you keep him away from the elite athletes, and he's going to be great mm-hmm. for you. You put him on those guys, and he's playing catch up all game, and you're you're behind the ball all the time. Uh, so for me, I'd love to see an upgrade there, but I'm looking through these lists, and there's not a lot of options no. that are like younger guys. A lot of it are guys 28, 29, 30 or older who are going to get a good starting contract. It's kind of like Joe Hayden. When the Steelers got him, you know, the Browns didn't want to pay him that anymore because he was no longer a true number one. Uh, For the Steelers, he was the number one. But, you know, for I think he wasn't viewed as a number one anymore. But all these guys you mentioned, I really watched Bradbury close in the Super Bowl uh, and in the playoffs because I know he's going to be a free agent. I don't really want a guy of that age uh, to bring in yet because – by the time the Steelers get to be good enough to be a true contender, he's going to be definitely on the downside of his career. And all them guys you mentioned, they're going to be they're going to command a, a huge salary. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peters, look at Peters. Does anybody think he's a shutdown number one anymore? Uh, yeah. I, there, you could argue he wasn't the best Ravens cornerback last year. I, I think if he was, I think they'd be trying to resign him. Um, yeah. A lot of them guys you're mentioning, as you said, are no longer what they once were. So that's why that you, you know that second level where it's going to be a little bit cheaper. Well, then you're getting Cam Sutton. So is the Steelers better off just really focus on Cam, trying to keep him in house, and then draft a guy if you could get one of them top three guys in the draft uh, at cornerback because. You know, the way if you look at any of the mock drafts, the top three linemen tackles are off the board, or the top three corners are off the board. If the top three corners are off, one of the linemen are there. If it's the other way, one of the cornerbacks are there. So, you know, you might be better off to go back again, sign Sutton, have Wallace, you know, try to pick you up another quality cornerback. I think James Pierre is a good number four guy. And then draft you a guy for the future. Uh, there maybe in that first round. Um, so, because like you said, the, the money, the, the I don't think the quality matches the money, what it's going to cost yep. uh, out of this group. None of them. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, there are a few a few options that I like. As guys, the Steelers love uh, taking guys that were like highly, highly touted as rookies, uh, as draft picks. 
came in and maybe had some good time. And then, like, you know, they had some rough patches, too, and they kind of fall out of favor. Uh, one guy who fits that a little bit is Sean Bunting. If you remember Sean Murphy Bunting coming out of Central mm-hmm. Michigan, heck of a cornerback, had those great early years with Tampa Bay. Last year, 12 games, he played 370 snaps. Like, they they were – his time kept getting cut and cut and cut. I think he's a potential rehab target. He's a guy – he's not yet 26 years old. Uh, like, that's that's kind of guy I get. I, I loved him because I – I've, I liked his game watching him uh, go against Deontay Johnson when I was looking at Deontay Johnson college film. Uh, mm-hmm. What a, what a player he was uh, in the, college. What's the uh, – he's still pretty young. I think Dean from Tampa Bay, he's a free agent, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, let me look to see if I can find him. I don't know why. I think he's like 27 maybe. James Dean – Jamel Dean, yes. Yeah. 26, yeah. Uh, you see, he's a guy, but I think because of his age, he's going to get offered quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, like, if, if he was comparable with Sutton, I'll take Dean. Because I've seen Dean yeah. match up one-on-one in some tight man coverage, uh, in, you know, for them, uh, especially in the Super Bowl year. And uh, I could see him as an upgrade. Because the guys we're talking about, the Steelers are going to have four number twos again. You know, even yeah. though Sutton is a high function at number two, you're going to have four number twos. But you get that draft pick, like I was saying, and I think you can run that back. But I forgot about Dean. I, I have been impressed with him, and he's good in run support too. Oh, he's. I think he's going to get a big contract though, because yeah. I mean, he's the guy who beat out like other guys to to win yeah. that job. Uh, so he's gonna he's gonna get some stuff. Uh, some names on here, potential. <laughs> I'm going to do it to you again, Shannon. Are you ready? Prepare yourself. Uh, what do you think of Justin Lane or Artie Burns? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, but in all seriousness, <laughs> take William Jackson the third, cut him because that's a crazy contract. I mean, we know, yeah, you know, and then say, hey, we'd like to have you back on a prove it three million dollar deal. Uh, he he could he showed in the past he could play man. Yeah. And just say, okay, sick him. You just follow him around, and we're going to work you in. You know, just have a little matchup, man coverage with him, play your zone and, and everything around it. And uh, uh, I, I see where he can have some value. I would easily walk away from Witherspoon. I didn't like Witherspoon when they signed it. I've always said that. Uh, and he just doesn't fit what I'm looking for in the Steelers cornerback. Um, but, yeah, I would – I'm not interested in Artie Burns or Justin Lane. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm kind of shocked if anybody in the NFL is interested. Actually, they're gonna—they stick. Those are the kind of guys that stick around, and really, that tells you how hard it is. There you go <laughs> to find a good cornerback, especially. Yeah. I mean, think about it—the way the league is. How how many? Like I've said this before. If you if you look at all time greats. Like, and you ask people, list the the best 20 quarterbacks in NFL history. You're going to get a bunch of guys that play right now. Pure can tell you a bunch of names of guys that play. Give me the best 50 wide receivers in NFL history. You're going to get guys who play right now on that list. If you said, 
Give me the best 50 cornerbacks in NFL history. You don't get more than one or two recent names on that list because that's just the way, like even, I mean, recency bias is a thing. People think the players they're seeing play are better than guys they never saw play. But right now, quarterback is awful to try and play. All the rules are against you. Yeah, everything. Yeah, Yeah, it's a guy. You can't touch him. Don't grab his shirt. Don't you dare grab his shirt. Uh, like I, I, this, the Super Bowl. All I'm going to say is, you make that call. Then you take a game that was really good, well played. The last two minutes of the game was meaningless. It was just so anticlimactic. Yeah. Regardless, you can say they can call a penalty on every play, guys. Come on. Yeah. Every play, but it yep. should be blatant, and it should affect. Um, if that play had been called earlier in the game a few times, it wouldn't have been so glaring there. But yeah. I just felt like that the ref took all that excitement. I wanted to see the Eagles get the ball back and, and let's you know have a chance to drive down the field and you know at least have some excitement there. That those last two minutes was just so disappointing. Yeah, that that play reminded me of the offensive pass interference from Super Bowl Forty. Where you're like, if you're like, you grabbed his shirt, like, come on, man, you you made it look bad. Yeah, like that's, and I and I get, I respect that he took it and was like, no, I was hoping they'd get, they'd let me slide with it, but yeah. I grabbed him, I did. But man, I have never rooted more for a missed field goal or a block <laughs> kick. Me too. In my life, I mean, even the Steelers going up there, like when Cincinnati was going to win the game in Week One, I didn't root for that as hard as I would for this <laughs> Super Bowl. Like yeah. I was like watching those last few plays and they're just messing around. Yeah. And not even trying to score. And I'm like, oh, just <laughs> block this and return it for a touchdown. <laughs> I mean, like, I understand why people are angry because that was the worst last minute of a Super Bowl I ever. have ever seen. Ever, yeah. That was yeah. that was uh it was awful. <laughs> and it makes sense if you're the Chiefs, that's what you do. Oh, yeah. But, Oh, I, blame I just them. wanted that to backfire on them yeah. so hard. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, off of that, back we got we got to finish up the show, so we got to get onto our last position: safeties. The safety position, Shannon. If you could completely ignore cost, would you take Terrell Edmonds lining up next to Minka Fitzpatrick over? Jordan Poyer, Devin McCourty, Von Bell, uh, Jonathan Abraham. Some of these names that are out there this year in free agents, they got some good safeties. I didn't bring up Jesse Bates because Jesse Bates and Minka Fitzpatrick don't work together. But Jesse Bates, Mm. I would say right now, Jesse Bates is the, if you're looking at a single high defense where you want one free safety covering the entire field, Jesse Bates is better than Minka Fitzpatrick. In that exact situation. The rest of the game, no. But Jesse Bates is that center fielder cover one guy. Uh, I I can't wait to see what he gets paid. And I just just want him off the Bengals. I want him off the (laughs) Bengals so much because that's going to ruin their defense. Uh, You can't understate how valuable a guy like that is. And he is one of the best at it where you can just – you can attack, you can be aggressive, you can play cover one and know that you are better off than every other team. 
a, a phenomenal player. Uh, but would you would you take? I'm, I'm getting off topic still. Would you take any of those guys uh, over a Terrell Edmonds if if money wasn't an issue? I don't know. I don't like to mess with chemistry. Yeah. Um, Ryan Clark and Troy, they had that chemistry. And Troy could be Troy because of Ryan Clark. Ryan Clark yep. was not the best free safety in the NFL ever nope. in any of his seasons, but he was perfect for the Steelers and they just had such a connection. And that's how I kind of feel about Edmonds. I don't know. I mean, these other guys, some of them definitely are more, make more splash plays than yeah. Edmonds does. But, you know, again, you know, if money's off the table, you'd have to consider it, but will they be that good a fit with Fitzpatrick? Because yeah. as you said, Fitzpatrick is unique. His skill set is very, it's vast and it's, it's multi-tiered and he does a lot of things, you know, that a normal free safety does, but he also does things that they don't. And, you know, playing deep safety is not his strength, as you said, whereas Bates is more of a single high guy like that. He can oh. handle that. But as far as free safety, I just really think with what I'm wanting to see happen this offseason with the defensive line and the inside linebacker position, I would like to see him re-sign Edmonds, run that back, try to get Kazee because Kazee missed the large part of the season. I don't see any reason why his salary or the demand around the league should go up. But I really like his value and his fit in Pittsburgh. Yep. And I think he could have even more of a fit if he could play all year and be even more valuable. So I would really like to see that come back. You know, let's, let's sign them both and run it again. Uh, that that would be my pick. Uh, some people are mentioning Von Bell. Von Bell is one of the best strong safeties in the NFL. But you, you're not going to see Von Bell running step for step with Tyreek Hill and breaking up a pass. No. We saw that from Terrell Edmonds when uh, – mm-hmm. When uh oh man what's what's his name our cornerback our cornerback got absolutely toasted roasted by by Tyreek Hill was that Warren I mean Wallace step, well, yeah Wallace yeah. yeah Edmonds is step for step with him breaks up the pass yep Von Bell's not doing that and if Von Bell is there then Minka Fitzpatrick is running single high like Von Bell is a fantastic sound safety to pair with the Jesse Bates and I think. That that actually is a great, great thought to have to, to think about when we're talking about Edmonds and Fitzpatrick and the fit. And honestly, that's why I wanted to ask you about if, if money wasn't an issue. Yeah. Because there's players out here that make splash that are flat out better players than Terrell Edmonds. But that fit with Minka Fitzpatrick and how Terrell Edmonds lets Minka do what Minka does best really cannot be understated or overvalued like you you can't you can't replace that on a whim right you've got to know that you're still gonna have Minka Fitzpatrick able to do what Minka Fitzpatrick does whoever comes into that position has to be that Ryan Clark Terrell Edmonds kind of guy who's gonna say okay I'm gonna do all the stuff that lets Minka be Minka and we know Terrell Edmonds can do it we know Terrell Edmonds can do that stuff another ability I don't have the list pulled up, but I guarantee if you look at them names, none of them have durability like Terrell Edmonds. Not many. I mean, you you Not just many. know you write his name in every week. He's going yep. to be there. 
And when he's not, the Steelers suffer. You see a difference. A huge difference. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, again, I think when you, you take all that together, and where Minka Fitzpatrick is such a splash player and a ball hawk, you know, Edmonds don't have to be. Yeah. If, if Minka's going to get six, Edmonds can get away with one or zero. Yeah. He really yeah. can. Uh, but in the same regard, people are, when we talk about Edmonds and his value, we saw last year the market isn't there for him. People didn't want him. I hope he still don't want him. <laughs> and, I, and I think part of that is Edmonds' skill set isn't in demand. Yeah. The same way that most teams probably couldn't deal with Minka Fitzpatrick as well as we do. Yeah. Because they fit so well. And the same way that Minka is better because of Edmonds, Edmonds' value is higher because Minka is so unique as a player. There you go. Minka is not your usual free safety. Mm -hmm. And so Edmonds' value, which just really fits with Minka, is much higher for the Steelers than other places. I I don't think he's going to get a big deal. I don't think he's going to get a lot of interest in free agency. And they talked to him in an interview about this year being a being a bet on yourself year, and if he's looking to to cash in and get a bigger contract. And his answer was kind of like, "No, he's not really looking for that. He just wants to be here." Yeah. So i i don't want to I don't want to see him on another veteran benefit contract. He mm. he is worth too much for that. Don't do that to him. Yep. Uh, but I don't think the Steelers are breaking their bank for him. I want to see him get some guaranteed money, get some years in there. But I'm I'm not – you're not paying him $15 million for three years. I don't think even that high. I, I think you you might be able to get him for 10, 10 or 12. Uh, and, I, I, and if you can, man, what a guy. Like really – like that's the kind of guy that – that is is key for your defense because on a defense with a lot of high paid players, a guy with that much value on this defense coming in at a three to four million dollar cap hit, even five million. That's that's phenomenal. That's huge. Oh yeah, I seen uh, uh, an estimate of like three years, four point five a year. Uh, I, I I think that would be fair. Uh, job security, uh, it'd be good all the way around for both sides. Yep. Absolutely. And if we can get his brother, even better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. That Okay, on, we're going to do the same thing we did with offense, and then we're going to get out of here. Uh, on defense, if they're going to sign someone for a big money contract for their position, right, yeah. by their position, what position do you think is most likely the Steelers sign someone to a bigger money contract? Inside linebacker. Um, inside linebacker. See, I've – I can't really disagree with you. I'm 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 going to go defensive line though. Uh, I as much as if and if it's if it's Tremaine Edmonds, then that's the guy. Then it's inside linebacker. Yeah. Um, and I'd love to see that. I honestly, who I would honestly, be your defensive lineman? Payne. Oh, Ron Payne. Can I just? Can I just? He he would be the only guy. Can we just go pick him up in like a in a in a <laughs> like go pick him up like like. Guys, jump out, grab him, drag him yeah, in. Yeah. By the time he's Put done, he's over his with the I don't care what the contract is. He's got like the little brainwashed eyes yeah. going on. Like, come on, make it happen. Well, um, Zoolandry. <laughs> well, Zoolandry. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh my goodness. Obey my dog. Um. 
Okay. Now I'm off track. Okay. Uh, but yeah, the inside linebacker is 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 a good one. That's a very good one. In fact, I'm leaning towards a signing of uh, Tremaine Edmonds and a restructure of Miles Jack to get that cap hit down, but keep him. I think they would be a good fit together. I think those two playing together would be phenomenal. Uh, let Jack really be the run defender and Tremaine Edmonds do the coverage stuff. I think it would work. Anyways, that that's our that's our show. That's our topic. Uh, Shannon, do you have anything coming out? No, no, I'm uh, got some got some things I'm I'm working on, but I haven't got anything started yet. <laughs> I love I, I love I love our show. We're the most <laughs> together people. Uh, I had an article coming out today. I don't know when my it's the vertex on Larry Ogunjobi. Check it out. Larry Ogunjobi had a great season for the Steelers, and if he's gone or if he's back. What a what a season he had. Uh, and the thing that stood out to me is I was looking for clips for him, and I went through all my all my clips I just had, and I just started looking through them for different stuff. And the number of plays I had for, like, here's a great blitz by Terrell Edmonds, here's a great runs tackle by Devin Bush, the number of them that are set up by Larry Ogunjobi. Like, he doesn't have big stats, but the number of plays that happened because of him is not small. What a season he had. I love, love the dude. Love the season he had. Uh, so go check that out. I'll, uh, I'm running a series on voting for the Steelers top 10. Uh, you can Google search BTSC top 10 2022 and, uh, they'll come up. Uh, they're currently voting for number two. I think Cam Hayward's in the lead. Minka Fitzpatrick was the MVP voted on by readers. Uh, and number three is going to come out day or two. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna vote for the next one. It's a lot of fun. I, I think it's I think it's a lot of fun to do. Uh, so that's coming out. I'll be doing that this in, a, in tomorrow or the next day. Uh, but that's it. That's our show. Thanks for being here. We had a lot of fun today, uh, mm-hmm. talking some crazy talk and some sensible talk. <laughs> Wait, Shannon and Jeff's world. No, that doesn't work. Shannon's world. <laughs> That works. Shannon's world. Party time. Excellent. <laughs> Steelers football. <laughs> All right. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for being here. As always, have a great week. And let's go Steelers. Steelers.